Welcome to Blix, my name's Daniel Swan, this is episode 97, in which myself and my lovely wife Tiffany B discuss Solo, the backstory nobody wanted to know, starring an actor nobody cares about, directed by two people that not even the production company wanted to keep. It's gonna be great though, right? Right? Of all the characters in all of the films that were deserving of their own film, was the best really a scruffy-looking nerf herder? That's what Lucas Arts and Films are banking on um, with their uh, latest grab at the world of nostalgia in Solo, colon, a Star Wars story. Um, this is a production beset with issues, beset with issues, um, and yet it's managed to come out the other side um, and deliver a film on time, I guess. I didn't hear anything about it being pushed back at all. So, well done them. Um, Tiffany B., you're sitting on the sofa. Yes. With me. Yes. Right now. Yes. You and I. Yes. What's this film about? This film is about Han Solo. Not Han. Han. Don't. Han like. Khan. James Khan. Or The Wrath of Khan. Or Indian actor Irfan Khan. Han. Han. So he is living in a difficult environment. Oh. It's really tough. You don't even know. <laughs> and um, he is tr- trying to escape with his girlfriend. Yes. Kira. Kira. Um, is that spelled K-I-R-A? No. You, you, better, you are out of your friggin' mind if you think it's spelled logically like that. No. Some kind of cube apostrophe. Q I apostrophe R A. Forget it. Space. What? <laughs> um, so she doesn't escape, but he does. And then he, it's kind of his becoming the Han solo that we know in later films, really, isn't it? Yeah, kind of. It's it's kind of him I don't know, trying to find who he is to a degree or just trying to survive in a difficult situation yeah he falls in with some uh, ruffians some ruffians oh such ruffians gosh and they get and then hijinks pretty much always hijinks always these bloody hijinks oh oh what did you think of it I thought it was good. Yeah? I liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to. Interesting. Why didn't you think you would like it? Because I haven't loved the recent Star Wars films. Okay. Well, let's let's go through them, because you've seen them all, because I forced you to watch them. Yes. Um, the Force Awakens. I think that you are misunderstanding how much I understand the difference between them. <laughs> <laughs> so... So The Force Awakens is the first one with... Um, the new people in it. Yeah. And it starts off with the girl on the desert planet. Yeah. Um, and then they kind of get caught up and there's a giant base and it blows up loads of things, although that doesn't narrow it down. Yeah. Um, well, let me just summarise for you. Please. That those films I've felt have been a lot more, I guess, sci-fi-y. Sci-fi-y. There's a lot more kind of Jedi uh, things going on, you know, magic. Sure. And I just don't know that I get on board with that. And it was quite serious. It's quite like, oh, God, am I a Jedi? You know, it's really, it's really like, this is serious. Who's my mum? And like, why am I 
a Jedi. <laughs> Who's my mum? Am I a Jedi? <laughs> That's what I got from it. Right, okay. Um, so, yeah. I think they've te- I think it's twofold. They've taken themselves too seriously for me. Sure. And they're too full of the kind of more sci-fi things that I'm sure other people would love, but isn't really my thing. Okay. So this one was not as serious. No. And was not as sci-fi-y. I mean, it's kind of set, obviously, in yeah. an environment that is very sci-fi-y. But it's like in and of itself and the story that it tells is not um, very grounded in like concept. Yeah. You know? It's much more about the people and the journey. Um, yeah, it very much kind of adheres to the... Um, I remember seeing a, an interview with Taika Waititi um, when he was talking about Thor Ragnarok. Um, and the interviewer asked him how he approached it, bearing in mind he'd only ever made films for, you know, a couple of hundy thou. Um, and here's this $180 million ridiculous bear moth of a film. And he said, he talked about just trying to boil it down to the very basics of it. Yeah. And saying that Thor Ragnarok is essentially somebody who's desperate to get home because someone's breaking into his house. Yeah. And this, yeah, very much had that kind of thing. It's like, yes, it's about this kind of, you know, space war and all kinds of craziness going on, but it's kind of about a guy, yeah, getting involved in crime because he does because he's had a tough upbringing and he doesn't really know who he is. Yeah. And so, it, yeah, whilst, you know, they're stealing whatever it is from some kind of space train it could just be you know it could be a western yeah where they're on horses and yeah. trying to you know stop a some kind of stagecoach or whatever yeah um, so yeah it definitely and you know oh they're playing this what, it's a poker game it's a game of poker yeah um, yeah so it very much has that kind of grounded feel to it I think yeah despite it being obviously lasers and yeah. spaceships and stuff what did you think of it? I thought it was good as well. I thought it was... Um, uh, yeah, again, I think better... Well, mm, yeah, probably better than I thought. Although the reshoots thing, and as much as the... So this is a film that started off being directed by um, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, they of the Lego movie and 21 Jump Street um, films. Um, and then they got replaced way far into it, really, really far into it by um, the venerable Oscar winner nominated, I don't know, Oscar caliber director, Ronald Howard. Um, really, really late in the day. And apparently he reshot a bunch of it. Um, interestingly enough that I've just read about here, including recasting the bad guy. Oh. So in the original um the original shooting of it um it was uh, the bad guy was played by uh Michael K Williams. Sure. Who's the black fellow with a big scar down his face played Omar in The Wire. Um he's a very good actor. Uh he was removed from the final film after being unable to return to set during the film's reshoot. So he filmed oh. the whole thing but couldn't come back during the reshoots, and so they recast the whole thing. Wow. Kind of gutting. Yeah. Uh, Paul Bettany, cast in his place. Very, very good. Wonderful Paul Bettany. Um, with the character being reworked to a scarred, near-human alien life form. It's essentially a human dude with a weird thumb. Um, but uh, the character was originally a motion capture alien, described by Williams as half-human, half-mountain lion. Wow. Isn't that weird? Yeah. That'd be fast. And it, it's the tough thing with these kind of production issue things that films never like to admit there was anything wrong. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. We always intended for two directors to direct 70% of it and then just, you know, bring someone else in for the last bit. So you think with something like that, you're like, oh, it'd be really interesting to get like the Blu-ray. Yeah. And see what, what this guy was supposed to be. But you wonder whether they'll actually... Release that. Release that, Probably refer to not. that at all, or just say, oh, hey, Ron Howard was the director from the start and he was really good and everyone <laughs> loves him. It's all great. This film shot in three months. Um, yeah, but all that aside, in terms of the issues, 
um, I think that they yeah did really well in 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 turning in a film that was that was it's good yeah it's a good film it, it makes sense it doesn't feel massively it's not like I don't know Suicide Squad that you feel like is too kind of incompatible alien life forms trying to have sex just kind of trying to mash together but it's like it doesn't work because you do different things or like Fantastic the the Fantastic Four one with Miles Teller and yeah. Michael B. Jordan which again felt like it was like kind of two, at one point at some points it was one film and at other points it was an entirely other yeah. film but this felt pretty seamless yeah in part, possibly because Ron Howard maybe just reshot the whole, the whole thing. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought it was good. Yeah. I thought it was fun. I thought it was light, breezy, whip through. Easy, breezy, beautiful. Easy, breezy, beautiful. This is really very much a Maybelline. No. Cover girl. This is maybe very much a cover girl kind of film. Easy, breezy, beautiful. Ah. Um, do you have anything else that you want to talk about? Before we get into the spoilers, um, I do not think so. No. No. Do uh, you? No, not really. It's 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 making a decent amount of money, not as much as people thought it would. Um, How much is it making? Uh, opening weekend, it made eighty four mil, um, which is down on all of the previous um, recent Star Wars films. Yeah. So since the Force Awakens. Um, which made the most at 247 million. Wow. Then The Last Jedi, 220, and then Rogue One, 155. So it's significantly off all of the other ones. Um, and opened in more theatres. Over 100 more theatres than any of the other ones. So it's it's doing disappointingly if you compare it to the other Star Wars films. Yeah. Um especially when you consider the the budget there's probably a lot I think probably about um, I mean it says not available on box office mojo but estimates uh, have been around 250 mil wow in part I think because of the cost of reshoots yeah like if you're reshooting a big chunk of the film it's going to cost a lot of money yeah um but yeah so it's, it's doing a little bit disappointingly um at the box office, uh, let's have a look on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, see what people have been, uh, how people have been reviewing this latest instalment in the uh, in the Star Wars saga. Um, critics, 71%. Yeah. Which I think is about fair. Yeah. Um, audience score, 64%, which is good, because I was worried that a lot of kind of Star Wars people would be like, it'd be good, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Doing their kind of cutting off their nose to spite their face thing. Yeah. Um, but not so much. Not so much. Well, that's quite low, I think. I mean, it's not great. But um, I was worried it was going to be like, uh, 20%. Uh, yeah. We hate it. Shut up. Um, so there we go. That is our spoiler-free review of Solo, colon, a Star Wars movie. If you haven't seen it and you're leaving us now, Farewell. Thanks so much for listening. We appreciate it, don't we, Tiffany? Yeah. We love you. Yeah. You're the best. Woo! Woo! Uh, the rest of you, uh, stick with us after the creds. Creds? After the jingle. Not credits. You're drunk. Um, and uh, we'll go in with our spoiler-filled review. Let's hear that jingle, shall we? We're just about to spoil this film. So I'm telling you it won't be groovy If you listen any further Without watching the movie It's spoilers! Oh, what a jingo! Amazing! So we're now into the swamp of uh, spoiler-filledness. That's the technical term for it. Um, we will be uh, analysing this film with our patented, as we discovered... Kind of, oh no, it's not. Is it a five point or is it a six point? It's six because you can give it zero to five. Yeah, maybe. But then you're only using five points to make those six outcomes. 
What do you mean? Because we make five points about the film. Oh, so it's a five point. Five point six outcome rating system. Well, you're right because there's a f- there are five points. Five points. But six outcomes. Six outcomes. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because with those five, you can do six things. <laughs> <laughs> So we'll be analysing this film, as ever, with our patented 5.6 outcome rating system. Uh, We'll be diving into the nitty and indeed the gritty, spoiling everything throughout the whole damn show. Tiffany B. Yes? Give us a point, will ya? Give us a point with my fingerless gloves. I don't know why I wear them. My fingertips get terrible cold. It's turning blue, they are. (laughs) Um, sure. (laughs) Um, My first point is kind of something we've we've touched upon it, I would say. Have we touched upon it? We've touched upon it. Sure. But I liked this because, and it's a positive. Positive. Because I felt it was a lot more character-based. And I guess that's, you know, almost by definition, um, the film is about one particular character. Sure. But I think I just liked it um, because it felt slower, kind of smaller scale. It felt like it was this boy's story mm-hmm. or, you know, young man. Um, and I, I like stories more like that because I feel like they... I don't know, maybe it's just coming from somebody who loves to read and that's kind of a traditional kind of novel. Yeah. Like, like who are we talking about? And, you know, who should I care about? And there's a lot of other people around, but he, it's his story. Mm. And um, I like I like getting to know a character and I think that's where some of the other Star Wars films were not as enjoyable to me because they, yes, like, they were one or other's stories in a sense, but it felt like they were like, Three or four people's stories. Yeah. Um, whereas this one I felt like was really Han Solo's story. And maybe Chewbacca as well. But, yeah. Um, but anyway, I liked that it was a lot more character-based. Um, and it was it was felt to me more like a traditional story. Like, yeah. who is this person? Where have they come from? Where do they end up? Yeah. Um, do you feel like it achieved that in terms of taking you on a journey through Han's character? Um, I felt like I got to know who he was, yes. And, um, yeah, I think so. I think yeah. it, it it showed the, the kind of beginnings of, of the, the character that you okay. know later. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I think it did. Good. Yeah. Give me a point, will you? Uh, I'll give you a point, all right, you little cheeky bastard. Um, it's pretty much the same point. Wow. Two words, small scale. Um, I have um, long been a Star Wars fan. You know this. I know it well. You knew it before we were married. If uh, you can believe it. And it didn't put you off marrying me. Well. It wasn't enough to really... Well, I mean, you married me is the point I'm making. Sure. Um, but more than any individual film, the thing that I enjoy most about Star Wars is the world of Star Wars. Yeah. It's it's arguably the best film Whoa. series at world building. Wow. Because it feels it, and and that was what was so in some way one of the things that was so revolutionary about it at the time is that it wasn't it was wasn't kind of all gleaming spaceships and you know everything's pristine and the future's perfect it was all a bit dirty it all felt lived in the 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 droids were going around they you know they looked like your kind of i don't know remote control with little bits of dirt in the corner and you know hmm. um and so for a long it, one of the things that I like, yeah, most about Star Wars is that it feels like in all of their locations, you know, you take a little right turn down a little alley and you'll find a story going on. Yeah. You'll find something happening, something with this weird, fantastical-looking creature or 
some little deal that's going wrong or whatever it might be. Mm. Um, and I feel like this is the first film to really explore that. I mean, maybe Rogue One did it to, to some degree, but to really say, well, this is a story that's separate from everything else. The, the fate of the galaxy yeah. is absolutely not at stake here. Yeah. The, the events that take place in this film will have a very... The, the ripple effect is very, very minor. Mm. It's not... The, the Empire's not going to get overthrown. The, you know, the good guys aren't going to tr- have this ultimate huge triumph. The bad guys aren't going to go down in flames. Everything's going to keep on kind of puttering along to some degree. Even if everything goes wrong and Han Solo gets killed or, you know, Kira gets killed or whoever it might be. Yeah. It's with the, you know, the the world will... will Turn on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I really like that mm. because I, f- I feel like it, you, you, it's very possible to get fatigued a little bit with these kind of end of the world things it's for the same reason that I can't wait for Ant-Man and the Wasp yeah after the kind of immense you know universe shattering stuff that's going on in Avengers Infinity War now we've got this fun little heist thing and there's a thing and there's a you know and it doesn't really matter yeah and I think there's a real kind of freedom to that yeah and a real kind of ah this is this is nice. It's, it's just easy. a li- yeah. It's an easy thing. It's like you say. It's just focused on this one guy. What's going on with him? Yeah. What's going on with him? Yeah. Um, and I think that was really good. It mainly takes place in a few different, few different locations. Yeah, I also like that because that I struggle with that on the other Star Wars yeah. films. They're like. Mm. You know, location thirty-five. <laughs> We're now on this planet, and you're like, oh god, now I've got to figure out what sons this one has and <laughs> like alright yeah C- come on guys. couple okay, of questions okay so this is how ma- four sons is it how many four? sons <laughs> how many sons can I ask how many sons is this great four sons what's it called sound it out for me <laughs> <laughs> are there any vowels <laughs> um, sorry I didn't mean to interrupt you but yeah no please um, yeah it, I, it, it was kind of just here's the ship Here's the, you know, they have the the bit at the beginning that's largely on that kind of dock thing. And then it's in the the kind of what seems to be some kind of train terminal or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And a large part of it takes place in there. And then we're on the um, Millennium Falcon. And it's in that kind of den where they find Lando. And it's in... You don't have to go through all of them, but do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like it's a it's a it's a relatively after yeah. Rogue One, which yeah. is like hopping all over the galaxy. Yeah. Um, it's a very succinct, yeah, story tight in that yeah. sense. Yeah. In the same way that the original ones are. Yeah, you look at Empire Strikes Back, and it's like right, we're on Hoth. There's a big bit on Hoth. We're on Cloud City. There's a big bit on Cloud City. We're on Dagobah. There's a big bit on Dagobah, and there's not a lot else. Yeah, that's knocking around there. Um, and I, yeah, I just think it's really refreshing and yeah. shows the wor- shows the universe, makes the universe of Star Wars feel even more kind of living and breathing. Yeah. So I really like that. Good. Um, that was a bit rambly, man. No, it was good. Thank you. Um, I'm going to go with a negative. Oh, Jesus. Um, oh. So I felt, um, whilst I liked the storyline... Um, I felt uh, at the end there were too many kind of double crossing, <laughs> double crossings. Yeah. So that you were like walking away from it, like, wait, what? Who? <laughs> so he was lying, and he was lying, but she was kind of lying as well. She was a double agent. So but then he was a quadruple agent. Yeah, but then were they working together? No, probably not. But you know what I mean? It just yeah. kind of... I felt like that was too much. Yeah. And because really what I want from a, a double-crossing kind of... What do you want, babe? Betrayal. What you tell me? Is, is for it to be like... Is for it to be like hard-hitting, to get you in the gut so that you're like, oh, I didn't see that happening and I can't believe he would do that or <laughs> she would do that, you know? Yeah. Um, whereas when everybody's doing it, it becomes a little bit less impactful. 
Yeah. So, you know, you have what's his face, Woody Harrelson. Yeah. He's the first one. Playing what was his name? Gary Beckett or something. Something very. Yeah. Un Star Warsy. Oh, he's just called Beckett in the Beckett yeah. plot thing, but it was some. It was some like Tony Beckett. Tony. <laughs> No, it wasn't Tony. Um, but Tony! How could you <laughs> double cross me? Like Eamon. Eamon. <laughs> um, yes. You know, so it just felt like there was a lot going on at the end. Yeah. And, um, and I don't mind that so much, but it just felt like pick a lane a little bit, you know? Like, who, who's double crossing here? Who, who's, who's betrayed him? Yeah. Or them? Mm. Um, because that's what I care about is yeah. that is that kind of betrayal. And so if you're going to have Bennett or Beckett, sorry, um, betray him, you know, build that up to be a hurtful, impactful thing. Yeah. Rather than just one of many betrayals that happen in that scene yeah. or those couple of scenes or, you know, twists. Yeah. Because then you have that like army group who are like, oh, we're not, we're not pirates. We're, like freedom fighters yeah um which i think is good yeah and i could have handled that plus like one kind of betrayal yeah but it just felt like a little bit too much you know you're like uh, yeah i didn't love it and i didn't love that he wasn't that upset about any of them yeah which like i say goes to show that you hadn't built it up enough to be like, this is the betrayal. Yeah. This is the one that's going to kick you in the guts. Mm. This is the one that's going to, you know, kind of bring a tear to your eye. Yeah. This is the one that is, is tough to take. And I feel like if, if the storyline had focused more on that and then developing, you know, a reason or a story that would, would, partner that with that and mean that it would be very impactful or and or upsetting when that yeah. happens then I think that would have been a much more effective ending yeah um so yeah I didn't love that kind of because I almost feel like Woody end. Harrelson's character was too too nice yeah like there was no real he's a villain because they are villains they're yeah. kind of outlaws or whatever but all the way through he was he was really just looking out for yeah. Han. Yeah. In a way that then almost, yeah, made him seem like less of a real character. Yeah. Or there wasn't any moti- wasn't as much motivation for like, oh, this is why he's looking out for maybe he did, yeah. he had a kid but his kid died or whatever. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. Um But yeah, it felt like he I don't know he was he was he was the perfect he was too perfect yeah. so you start to kind of not trust it that much yeah yeah uh yeah so I didn't like that that was a negative from me too many double crosses yeah get your story straight get what, your story what straight what are we talking guys. about here let's just talk about one thing talk about it I want to hear it nice um I will go with a positive. Come on, then. I'm going to go with the best relationship in this film. And I'm pleased it was the best relationship because it was the relationship that you wanted to be the best at the start of the film. Mr. Han Solo. Han. Han Solo. He doesn't have a surname. He was given his surname because he is rolling solo. Because he's solo. Which I did like. I knew you would like that. I like that a lot. That's Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. up Mm -hmm. your Mm -hmm. street. Those are kind of retcons that I can 100% get on board with. Mr. Han Solo and Mr. Chewbacca, no surname. Solo. Solo. He was rolling solo as well. Absolutely, baby. Although, what's his people? What's his... Wookiee. There you go. That's probably it. Chewbacca Wookiee. There you go. Um... I really like their relationship in it. Yeah. I like that it started off at odds, literally, that they were um, being forced to fight each other. I thought the appearance of Chewbacca as the beast that they were keeping in the cage was great because it's like the first time that he seemed really scary. Yeah. Because to this point, he's just a big, big teddy bear. fluffy, yeah. yeah. Um, but that's like, Jesus Christ, this is a terrifying seven-foot-tall like, yeah. bear thing. Um, so I thought that was really nice. Uh, and then... 
the fact that they their kind of relationship was born out of kind of necessity to a point. Yeah. They were both being exploited, both being both victims, and they kind of you know had to work together to get out of that situation, and then that blossoms into a, a, a kind of a relationship. Thought that was really nice. Um, you kind of felt their kind of connection, their kind of kinship in that sense. I think they maybe could have pushed it a little bit further. Yeah. Um, he seemed more you know, enamoured with, uh, what's his name, Woody Harrelson. Yeah. Than Chewbacca, which is, uh, I don't know. Um, hand-speaking Wookiee was a lovely touch. It was the first time in any Star Wars film that we've yeah. seen a non-Wookiee-speaking Wookiee. Which is weird, though, right? It was super weird. Because he would have spoken it to him again in the future, surely. Yeah. If he could speak it. Yeah, he would have thought so. But anyway. But maybe he just needed to do that to gain his trust. And, and then, then it's obviously, like, actually, now you could just speak my language, yeah. bitch. Chewie understands regular, reg- understands human, yeah, or whatever. So that makes sense. Um, and the the greatest kind of emotional reaction I had to the film was Chewbacca freeing his people. Oh yeah, that was that was really nice. That yeah. was really good. And Han kind of Han, kind of letting him do that. And saying yeah. fuck it, yeah, you know, you got to, you got to go and do this. Thought that was really nice. Yeah. Um, the only the only issue that I would have with it, yeah, their relationship, their relationship, uh, is just that because they, you know, obviously it's a prequel, so they need to tie it in very closely to everything that's ever happened to everything. Um, that this kind of leads straight into the deal that they renege on. With Jabba the Hutt, which then leads, we catch up with them at the beginning of episode four, means that they didn't have, you know, the the, the prequels, prequels, the original trilogy, make it seem like they've had this long and storied brother-like relationship, whereas mm. in reality they've done like one, maybe two jobs together. Yeah. Um, which is a little bit of a shame. Yeah. But I understand why they did it. Um, and, you know, the, the relationship that they built up was lovely. Yeah. Um, and the the me being disappointed with it is just classic kind of Star Wars or Marvel thing where a fan gets too invested in a thing and it's like because it's not what I would have done or what I wanted that makes it bad. Yeah. And that's something that I constantly have to fight against. Wow. Well because done. Because I am a conscientious and incredible man. Responsible. Yes. Film viewer. Absolutely. I am. Uh, yeah, a, a responsible geek. Well, you owe it to your fans to to provide this balance point of view. Absolutely, absolutely, guys, you should be like me, and really consider whether the opinions that you hold are actually holding you back. Oh my goodness! Right? Gosh! Put that on a coaster and put a hot mug on it. Then you can't see it anymore. Yeah, but you'll know it's there. um okay there we go i have a very similar point also that um yeah i really liked their partnership i liked the kind of growth of it and Mm -hmm. the i really liked the kind of bit of him start uh chewbacca being his kind of co-pilot yeah where what's her face is like i don't know what i'm doing yeah and he's like i can help and then that's that nice kind of bit of them two being like together as like yeah partners um oh this actually works quite well yeah exactly yeah yeah, it does yeah because you're best mates yeah so i like that kind of growing partnership and that kind of little annoyances with each other and little kind of like humorous um like jibes at each other and things like that and I think getting to know each other yeah yeah um yeah and I I think yeah it's a very similar point to yours but I just think they did a good job of of building that up as a Mm. as a friendship um that was believable yeah and that um yeah because I know I think you're right like they didn't go for a lot together if you were to believe that the next job is you know one that is featured in other films but um I don't know I think sometimes I think they did a good enough job of like showing a a deepened kind of partnership Mm. that it was possible yeah but I know what you mean I feel like you 
you kind of carry that baggage of your own and you're like, you want them to have been these lifelong friends. Yeah. And he's, Chewbacca's already like a hundred and something. Yeah. 80 or something like that. 190. 190 when he, they meet. Mm. Um, yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's maybe not exactly what, but you feel, you feel the partnership between yeah. them very well, I think. Um, and yeah. And I, just, I, just, yeah, really liked that. Yeah. Felt like it was a good, um, Heart of the film. It was the heart of the film. Yeah. yeah. That's a yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh I'm gonna move into a negative. Uh oh, here we if go. If I may. Here we Do go. Do it. Bring it on. Here we bloody go. And it's linked to our previous points. What? Um and in one of the one of the points that I've written down, I've put parentheses, hot fuzz. Right. Do you wanna know why? Um, yes. Let me tell you why. Um, in Hot Fuzz, uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, which is nobody, surely. I haven't seen it. You've seen Hot Fuzz. I have not seen it. <sighs> we have been over this a number of times. Right, we really need to <laughs> do that uh, next. Um, so in Hot Fuzz, it's Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. And Simon Pegg is like a hotshot London cop who gets transferred out to the countryside where nothing apparently happens. Um, and Nick Frost is like the bumbling policeman who he kind of buddies up with, who kind of idolises him because he thinks that police work should all be like bad boys mm. and point break. And so he's like, oh my God, have you ever sh- shot two guns at the same time? Have you ever shot two guns at the same time while jumping through the air? All that kind of stuff. Um, and in the writing process, because... Mm. Um, uh, Edgar Wright special features are always <laughs> top draw. Um, he, the, uh, him and Simon Pegg talk about initially having a, uh, like a love interest for Simon Pegg's character. Mm. Um, but then the more they went through the writing process, the more they realised it could be more efficiently done and you can also get some humour out of it if they just transferred all of the things that they needed the love interest for just transferred them over to Nick Frost's character. Yeah. Uh, and so you get these nice kind of heart-to-heart moments with the two of them just being chums. Um, and they push it a little bit. There's times when they're on the sofa and they're looking at each other's lips and stuff and it all, you know, it's a little bit homoerotic. Um, but the the kind of, the, the yeah, whatever they needed to get from the love interest worked yeah. just as well with a friend yeah with a a kind of a a friend of the same gender Mm. with this film I think they could slash should have done the same thing Mm -hmm. so the best relationship in the film is Han Chewbacca Han and Chewbacca Mm. Um, but then we've also got Kira yeah and I feel like it doesn't really befit the kind of the Han character to have that kind of love interest. Yeah. It kind of spoils his love interest with Princess Leia if we find that he's had this love interest before. It's nicer that he's like this scoundrel that finally catches feelings later on. Um, I feel like their relationship didn't really develop that much. Mm. She wasn't really... I liked her character. Mm. But just the love aspect of it, I didn't really buy. Yeah. And I didn't think it was necessary. And if it had been that maybe he escaped from the whatever, the orphanage or whatever the fuck it was, the little Fagin's palace, um, maybe with Chewbacca, then there you establish your kind of lifelong yeah. friend thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just felt like she it didn't really need the love interest yeah with that and they kind of set up this thing of like oh she's maybe been you know she's done some bad things and oh we're not going to mention them but she's you know there's this kind of secret yeah and then they never reveal it and then that's the catalyst for her kind of abandoning him at the end which doesn't really feel like it's is it I don't know it feels like it yeah like well I don't know what other reason there would be other than she's no. like, oh, I've done some shit, man. You don't even know what I've done, so I've I got to be a bad guy. I just kind of thought guy. she was actually a bad guy at the end. Oh. 
But I don't know. I d- yeah, I didn't read it like that. No. But it could be. Yeah. But they yeah, then they could have done it better. I don't know. It just felt like it didn't really. Oh, so you felt more she was sacrificing like their relationship yeah. because she was such a bad. She couldn't deal with what she'd yeah. done like in the past. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't really get that, but yeah, that makes sense. Um. Yeah, but I just felt like the the things that it needed to do could have been done with Chewbacca. Yeah. And the things that it was setting up didn't really pay off. Mm. So I feel like her character was a little bit, you know, mm. well, the, the, the purpose that she served in the story was a little bit shruggy. Yeah. Like, eh. I think she's good. And I think she she played both the kind of love interest and, like, professional, like, you know, sassy, you know, gangster's mole kind of character well. Yeah. But I just didn't think it worked particularly. Interestingly enough... Oh... I have the exact same point. Um, Yeah, I didn't... I I felt very similarly. I felt that uh, the relationship wasn't very well established. Yeah. Like, I I think that... I I think you're right. I think it would have been nice to have him, like, meet up with Chewie earlier and, and, and a lot of the kind of, you know, bonding or whatever could have started then. But I didn't mind the beginning... Like him and her and him yeah. getting out and her not. Um, but I feel like when she came back later, um, that he, that that it should have been really over for her, if yeah. not for him. To be like, no, this is like, you know, this was years ago and I'm a different person and I've lived a different life. And, yeah. You know, because then I feel like almost you could you could see a character like him kind of, you know, taking that to heart and being, you know, a bit jaded about love, and that yeah. and that would kind of feed into his. Oh, I'm just a player, and yeah, I just kind of, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, but for him and her to be kind of, oh, we're in love, and like, I just didn't really think it worked. No. Um, and I think it would have been nice for them to have a maybe a flirtatious relationship or yeah. a, a bit more of a kind of. Um, combative relationship or something um, but yeah as it was the way they did it it didn't work and I do think it was a shame because um, as you said I think she did a good job and I liked her I just didn't like the relationship yeah um, and so yeah I think if they had chosen not to have that relationship be yeah what it was they could have focused more on him and Chewie and they could have focused more on like a bit more antagonistic between them which mm-hmm. I think would have been more interesting and fun yeah um yeah so yeah it just didn't feel that real or that kind of believable yeah um and I I think it would have been more fun for him to have maybe been pursuing her and her yeah. be like no like yeah I was 17, mm. like, or whatever they're meant to be at the beginning. Yeah. You know, like, no thanks. Like, Which then maybe sets him up as maybe, like, oh, he, if he, you know, put put himself out there... Yeah. ...and then she rebuffs him at yeah. the end, then that kind of causes him to kind of pull his drawbridge exactly. up a little bit. and Yeah, so then that's how he yeah. becomes that character. Yeah. So I think that would have been a much more interesting character kind of study. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I also think with that relationship, it's kind of weird. They kind of just gloss over the fact that, like you say, they they allude to her life. Mm. But he's never, like, interested in what happened. Yeah. Like, and she's never sad about the fact that he went without her. She's just kind of like, yeah, I get it, it's fine. Yeah, it was all very quickly glossed over, wasn't it? And then he was like, yeah, okay. You know, he didn't care. Like, so what the fuck have you been doing for the last (laughs) however long? And vice versa. Yeah. Like... Do you know what I mean? You yeah. think you think it would come up? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just thought that was weird, you know. And they did. It wasn't even like you know what. Like, I've I've thought about you every single day, and yeah. I've been waiting to see you, and I'm so glad that you're alive. Yeah. And you're okay. 
There was none of that. No. It was just kind of like, all right, let's have a snog right. in the, the cloakroom, shall yeah. we? And like, that's all very nice. Like, sure. I would never object to that. But just don't, don't, don't tell me that's a real relationship. Because <laughs> I'm not going to buy it, my friend. No. It will remain on the shelf it. because I ain't buying it. So, yes, I agree is really my point. It's because you're clever. Um, I will go with another positive. 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 Come on then, let's hear it. Paul Bettany. Uh-oh. Two words, nice and simple. Paul, Paul Bettany. Bettany. Paul Bettany coming in, apparently at the 11th hour. Um, classic Paul. Classic Paul. Always showing up late to parties. <laughs> All the parties we've ever invited him to. He's been re- He's still not turned up. It, no. <laughs> he's so late. <laughs> he did not turn up. Um, but yeah, I thought he was really good. And especially, it, possibly in response to having most previously seen him in Avengers Infinity War. Oh yeah, of Which course. he's good in. But he's, that character is so boring. Yeah, it's not a character that gives him a lot of stuff to do. Mm. Uh, it's all, you know, pardon the pun, rather robotic. Ah. Whereas this comes along and he has a swagger to him. Yeah. He switches between really charming and really terrifying. Creepy. Very, very quickly. Um, he provides... Uh, a very real threat. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think he was great. I thought it, it worked really nicely. Um, he seemed like he was clearly having a lot of fun. Mm. Um, you never really know how he's going to... There's an unpredictability to him. Yeah. Which I think is it's always all, very scary. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, you give him some bad news, he might say, oh yeah, don't worry about it. Or he might cut your head off. Yeah. Um, and not knowing yeah. it's half the battle. Um, so yeah, it's, I mean, it's not a particularly it's, it's involved cool. point, but big, big PB. Was it uh, yet another personal best? Oh, um, I have a similar point. Uh-oh. And it's my final point. Uh-oh. Um, it's a positive. It's not about Paul specifically. Not big Paul. No. Um, it. I've picked out so ge- the general point is, I thought that some of the kind of supporting cast were really strong. Sure. Um, specifically. Um, Could you name names? I am going to. Cool. Well, maybe. I'm going to try. Um, Lando Calrissian. Lovely. I thought he was very good. Very, very good. He brought a very nice kind of dynamic to it. Yeah. Um, and he was kind of fun, mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Like a bit of swagger. A bit of kind of... Uh, Pomposity, which I really yeah. like. Like him having his like, yeah, his little... Yeah, it's a bit snobby. Uh, you know, dictating his like autobiography. Yeah. That's a lovely little touch. Yeah, his, of like who that character is. He's got is. all his cloaks. Yeah, yeah. Like a bit of a, a bit of an idiot, but yeah. a fun one. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so I liked him. And I thought he bought an interesting kind of um, balance against Han and, yeah. you know, that kind of... Yeah, a little bit of like a like what I was looking for with her, of like a little bit of an antagonistic relationship, yeah. and uh, it's got, was very funny at, at times. Um, yeah, and the really the story with him in it, I thought was really good. Yeah, um, I liked that as a kind of little side kind of, well, not side, but like a little kind of detour. Yeah, of like them getting. Going with him and and the game and the bet and you know the whole mm. shebang and I liked that at the end he got in the ship and left him because yeah. I feel like that was like in character and it yeah. wasn't like let's all be best friends it was a lot more like real life yeah. and and I'm out for myself I'm, yeah I can get like the fuck out I'm going yeah. yeah um yeah so I like that I liked um the lady droid yeah what was her name L three Yes, her. Um, um, portrayed by, of course, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. 
which is not somebody that I know. No, and yeah, I was looking at what she's been in, and it's not really anything that we've seen. So uh. yeah, but I liked her. I liked that they just given her a little character of her own. Yeah, and that she's really reckless and kind yeah. of annoying, and like in her actions, like she's yeah, not doing what she's meant annoying. to be doing, and is like this personality. Yeah, and it's it's fun. It's interesting. Yeah. It's not just. I don't know. Yeah, I I thought that was really nice touch to her have. Her saying that Lando fancies her. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, well, I mean, I've you know I've considered it, of course, but I just don't know if it is. Yeah. What is this? Yeah. It's a robot. Like a little funny kind of side yeah. weird conversation. Um. Yeah, which I liked. Um. And I liked that her kind of personality results in these kind of you know hijinks of like. Well, now everybody's freed because she's letting everybody yeah. run, you know, and she's encouraging rebellion. Yeah. And, like, I just think that I always like that when it's like this person's personality and something unique about them mm. is driving a story. Yeah. Rather than. Yeah, the other someone way else in that same situation wouldn't act that way. Yeah. And the story might be different yeah. as a result. Um, so I thought that she was a good character for that of kind of driving a different storyline and having a strong character. Um, and then those, I forget what they were called, but the, the army people who turned out to be kind of freedy, freedom uh, fighter uh, type people. I think uh, I was reading in, on the Wikipedia page, they were called something really cool. Uh the Cloud Riders. Yes. Which I don't think was ever referenced in the no, well, script, or at least not particularly strongly. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Enfys Nest, the leader of the gang of pirates called Cloud Riders. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I liked them. Um, yeah, I, I did mention that I didn't love all the double crossing at the end, but I did like theirs. I yeah. liked their one that was kind of like, we're not the enemy and we're, yeah. you know... It just and that for me kind of set it in the whole universe without being like, you know, yeah, it's the end of the world. Mm. It was like there are that the story is bigger than this. Yeah. And it was just a little reference, but it, it kind of yeah, I liked that it was kind of yeah, got your eye to see further than what's going on right now. Yeah. And put it a little bit in context. Yeah. It doesn't need to be a huge thing. No. But it's just referenced as like, oh yeah, because there's other stuff. Yeah. Exactly. And so I the like possibility that. that that is the start of the rebellion. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. The whole fucking yeah. four, five, and six. Yeah. So I like that kind of like that. I Colour. felt like was a nice little subtle kind of nod towards the future. Yeah. Um, and what happens? Um, yeah, and I like that. And then yeah, I liked Paul Bettany as well. So I think it was a really strong kind of side kind of characters. Or sub characters, yeah, um, yeah, without being too many, without being too kind yeah. of strong, really, or too present, yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, good kind of ensemble cast of sorts. It was good. I did think Alden Ehrenreich was very good. Yes. Um, a lot of the reports coming out don't like him during production were that you know he wasn't very good, and that's you know one of the reasons that. Uh, the Miller and Lord, who are you know primarily comedy writers and directors, yeah. Why it wasn't gelling is because he wasn't that good at the comedy stuff. Oh, but it seemed, he seemed fine. I thought he was fine. Yeah, and maybe looks, they had a specific thing yeah, maybe in mind. Um, and he really looks like Harrison Ford. A couple of scenes and a couple of shots. I was like, oh Jesus, have they, yeah. have they like? mucked around with his face a little bit digitally to make him look more like him but you can think... see it like yeah mm. but he doesn't look like him but he kind of like about his, his mouth his, you know the way that kind of Harrison Ford's face kind of I don't know goes yeah. to I don't know you could see him yeah I could see I could see Harrison in him bit of Harry bit of Harry Harry and Alden um, Woody Harrelson was alright he kind of wasn't really doing it's a very kind of Woody Harrelson role yeah, I just feel. playing himself Amelia uh, Clark was very good Donald Glover obviously very good Tandy Newton I didn't really like but I feel like she was lumbered with a very uh, there's a lot of exposition 
Yeah. She was she was dishing out a, a nice steam and turd of uh, exposition about uh, Woody Harrelson at the beginning. There's some real kind of clunky lines with that. Um, but yeah, it was a very good ensemble cast. I will um, entirely agree with you on that. Thank you. Well done. That was my final point. Your final point? Yeah. Oh my God. So does that mean I only have one point left? Mm-hmm. Uh, as we know... Dan likes to do a scene. I like to do a scene or a moment or a, a little, you know, a little a little nugget from the from the thing. Let's hear it. Uh, and my nugget is a negative. <gasps> nugget negative. A negative nugget. Um, the Kessel Run. Now, I'll preface this by saying that I really like that they showed the Kessel Run. It's a nice little way of tying it in to the larger universe. He references it later. Made the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs, blah, blah, blah. That's impossible, etc., etc. Really like that they did that. Really, really like that. Okay. However, the execution of it was... Like, when we both said that one of our favourite things about the way that they did this was that it was small scale. Yeah. It was a criminal trying to steal something to get out of a debt with a gangster. Yeah. Like, that's like a Guy Ritchie film. Yeah. It's, like, very, very small. Yeah. Um, and yet, in the middle of it, you get this bizarre thing where they're trying to escape from a gravity well simultaneously um, trying to escape from some kind oh, of giant like space thing. squid thing. Yeah. And I was just like, what the fuck am I watching here? This is so out of... So- it felt really like somebody and I'm, you know I, I don't know if this is necessarily what happened but it really felt like somebody from Lucasfilm was like we need to have a really big space something happen because this is a Star Wars film I understand what we're trying to do yep 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 that's all very good but it's a Star Wars film we need to have a big spaceship thing yeah and we need to cram this in somehow because yeah they're doing it and like oh we need to we're going to take a drop of the thing and we're going to drop it into the blur and we're going to do this to do the whatever. And it's just this big CGI intangible mess. Yeah. And you're just like, I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> I don't really care about what's going on here. It looks spectacular, of course, because ILM, uh, you know, world leaders in special effects. But I'm like, why are we doing this? Surely it'd be far more interesting to kind of do the, you know, whatever it is, do something on a planet with some people talking. Um, Yeah, I just thought it was a real disappointment. It didn't seem to have any consequence. It didn't feel tangible. It was a big departure from the small scale stuff. It seemed very arbitrary. Yeah. Oh, we managed to escape. Yeah, it was very arbitrary. All right, okay, well, let's, can we get on with the story? Yeah, if we if this is of no consequence, like, yeah. let's Why just are we move doing on. It? Yeah. For a film that is over two hours, and I think arguably for a film like this, when it is just a kind of heisty kind of thing, let's just let's try and keep this under two hours, yeah. at the very least. Um, yeah, it just felt like a shame. Yeah. That it was, it, it kind of was not in keeping with the spirit of the rest of the film. Yeah, I know what you mean. I I think you're right. I think that probably they felt they had to have some kind of yeah. big space thing, and and that was it. Um, but I yeah, I think I agree with you. Yeah. A little bit unnecessary. Yeah, a little bit of a shame. A little bit of a shame. Um, and so that's my final point. So what did you what did you give it in the end? I gave it three. I also gave it three. I was stuck between a three and a four. Yeah. It was a strong three. Yeah. It would have either been a strong three or a weak four. I think it was a strong three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, maybe it was based in part... I had a little look up through other flicks, uh, notes that I'd done. Yeah. And other four out of fives. Deadpool 2. Um... Uh, Black Panther, Three Billboards, The Last Jedi. I was like, it wasn't it's as good no, as it no. wasn't as good as them. Um, 
So yeah, it was a, a strong three, but a, a three nonetheless. Yeah. Um, there's a, a few, there's a very interesting article that I read um, that was giving some theories as to why uh, the box office of this wasn't very good. And with permission, Please. thought we might go through them very quickly. Uh, number one, poor marketing. The trailers weren't particularly good. That's true. I think, yeah, maybe that, you know, it didn't do a very good job at kind of no. making you super Hyping. psyched for it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number two, um, the Star Wars franchise was eventually going to have a flop. Yeah. It, you know, it wasn't always, couldn't always possibly be mm. smash after smash, which is to, you know... To I don't know that that's true. No. I mean, the likelihood is... That eventually, but not a definite, not a foregone conclusion. Yeah. 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 Do you know what I mean? Like. Yeah, I don't think I necessarily agree with that one as much. Hmm. Um, but maybe it's yeah, it's, it's more a case of maybe being judged against the films that have come before. Yeah. If it's you know if a film's coming after three good films, then your your kind of standards your bar becomes slightly higher. That's true. Um, uh, this was not the movie fans were looking for uh, a tweet to um, talk about this uh, by at MP Real Vol says Solo's box office has less to do with Star Wars fatigue and more to do with the fact that no one wanted to see anyone but Ford as Solo should have been a Lando movie with a hand cameo this is something that I mm. believe very strongly in because mm. people are less invested in Lando Calrissian so you've got yeah. more freedom to do something fun with it as they did yeah. with Donald Glover um yeah, and I don't think there's just any, you know. There's yeah. another tweet that I read that uh, was talking about Indiana Jones 3, um, which we watched fairly recently. Uh, and it just said, remember that amazing 15-minute section at the beginning of Indiana Jones 3 where you see where he got his hat and his whip and his scar and why he's afraid of snakes? That was the perfect amount of time to do that in. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, maybe this could have, yeah. you know, just been a, a quicker thing. Um uh, number four, the movie is just bad. Do not believe that at all. No, it's I don't not think bad. it's a bad film at all. Uh, number five, it's all the Last Jedi's fault for destroying Star Wars. It's possible. A lot of uh, fanboys are very kind of, uh, as the phrase goes, butt hurt um, about the Last Jedi and the way that it kind of changed certain things about the Star Wars mythos. Yeah. Um, and people weren't. Yeah, so some people have been talking about boycotting. Um, oh, really? And Solo, yeah, because, oh, if you don't... Uh, did you hate The Last Jedi? Are you upset about the current direction Disney is taking Star Wars? If so, boycott Solo this weekend to send a message to Disney. Uh, I don't think that's really worked, if that was what their intention was, but sure. Um <laughs> Somebody else. Uh, Look, if Solo is a box office failure, it can only mean one thing. People are demanding more female-led Star Wars movies like The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi and Rogue One. Mm, I think that that is a (laughs) generalisation. It can only mean one thing. Um, Number seven, it's not December. I think that's a big part of it. maybe plays a part, yeah. And I don't understand why they moved it around because no. like we were talking about like making that tradition. Yeah. Right, or it's getting to Christmas time, must be a Star Wars yeah. film coming out, let's get the whole family together and watch well, a Star Wars film. Yeah, I don't know how many more points you have, but three. I so far my money would be on its marketing in December. Yeah. If they put more effort into better <laughs> marketing. Yeah. I think they would have got more people and I think if you had just waited that bit longer to make it so it's a year since the last film yeah you'll just build up a little bit more enthusiasm and especially bearing in mind that Star Wars or Lucasfilm is now Disney and Marvel is Disney yeah and I struggle to see the logic in releasing two of your biggest films like the only Star Wars film that's coming out this year Mm. and the biggest Marvel film Mm. within two or three weeks of each other yeah you just think what's the you've just hurting yourself yeah Space spread out. it out yeah spread it out maybe get some more stuff um number eight blame lucifer no don't understand that one star wars fatigue i don't think that's true 
I don't know. I don't think so. Because either. Marvel has shown that you can have multiple films in the same, you know, because they're not all telling the same story at this no. point. If it was like episode seven, eight, and nine yeah. within nine months, then you say, yeah, because that's just the same three parts of the same story. But this is an entirely different thing. Um, it's not really underperforming. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Brought in $83 million in its first weekend. A lot of other films would pay the, through their arsehole to get those kind of figures. Um, oh, and that was it. Oh, that was 10. Yeah, so, yeah, I think December. I don't understand why they didn't do that. Yeah. Um, and, it's yeah, it's done very well. $83 million. Yeah. And rightly so. I hope more people go and see it. I hope the, the word of mouth gets around. Yeah. It has less Builds of a drop a little off. bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think it deserves it. Yeah. Well done then. Um, so that was our spoiler-filled review of Solo Colon, A Star Wars Story. Um, <coughs> Tiffany B, what did we learn? We learned that sometimes friendship can be more interesting than romance. Wonderful. We learned that love comes in all forms. Yes. Um, and you know when it when it hits even if it's between a man and a big hairy beast it could be beautiful <laughs> uh, cheers <laughs>